The calendar may have flipped here to 2021, but that has not helped the overdose crisis in British Columbia get any better. January saw 165 fatal overdoses in BC, which is more than double the count from 12 months prior. And one of those fatal overdoses did occur right here in Kamloops. Now, the, the BC Coroner's Service says that equates to more than five deaths per day in the province from toxic drugs, up from 154 in December and 81 in January of 2020, as mentioned earlier. Now, of course, this is the first January that we have had to deal with both the overdose crisis as well as a global pandemic. Now, to speak more to this whole situation, please to welcome back to the program BC's Chief Coroner, Lisa LaPointe. Lisa, thank you so much for the time, first and foremost. And... I just, I guess I got to ask, how difficult is it for you to see these statistics, to see these numbers? And, and of course, remembering that these aren't just statistics, these are real people. But we're seeing this trend continue every single month over the past year, and it's just not getting better. Well, thank you for um, asking that question, Jeff. And it really is troubling. Um, and, it, you know, we are nearing the five-year anniversary of the public health emergency uh, into the drug toxicity crisis. This was first made a, uh, declared a public health emergency in 2016. We never thought uh, that five years later we would see almost 7,000 deaths as a result of the toxic drug supply in this province. It's really troubling. It's uh, We're seeing deaths in every area in the province. Virtually every community has experienced one or more deaths and of course from all walks of life, primarily men still and uh, men in their 30s and 40s and 50s. So really the loss of years and years of life in this province uh, is really, really troubling. Mm-hmm. Um, we are in this pandemic and it's been well documented throughout it really since it began that the toxicity of the drug supply has worsened, right? It's continued to get worse and worse as this pandemic has dragged on. Uh, I guess how severe is it now compared to what we we're even seeing in the early days of the pandemic? Is it just getting more and more significant? Are we seeing uh, the drug supply on the streets just being, I guess, laced even further the longer we go through COVID-19? Yeah, so the toxic drug supply is much more dangerous than it was even a year ago. We are seeing more extreme levels of fentanyl, so higher levels of fentanyl in the uh, substances that people are taking. We are seeing carfentanil now more than we did before, which is, of course, even more toxic. And we are seeing the increased presence of benzodiazepines in postmortem drug testing, which is a sedative. Um, and you add benzodiazepines to opioids, which is uh, fentanyl is an opioid. The impact is absolutely devastating. So the uh, you know we we knew we've always known that the illicit drug market is incredibly risky because there is no quality control and it's solely profit driven. But now it's even more risky and you know we could not have foreseen that a couple of years ago Uh, we thought it was toxic then but it is absolutely toxic now and it's really terrifying for those who are um you know forced to buy their drug supply from the street so with that in mind i guess what is the recommendation out there to to those who do use within our community i mean I guess, is it a matter of going to get your drugs tested? I know that that is an option that we have here in in Kamloops, and uh, I think it's probably important that people go about doing that, but, you know, I I can't imagine that this is the easiest decision for someone to make as they're probably, you know, buying something from somebody and are are getting ready to use it. They're probably not thinking, I should go get this tested first. I just want to, you know, get my high. Is, Is that sort of the biggest thing, you think, is to make sure you go and get your drugs tested before you use? 
um, on a personal level, you know, for individuals, they should not be using alone. So, um, you know, that and that involves reaching out to somebody. And mm-hmm. because there is so much stigma around substance use, that can be a real challenge for people. Mm-hmm. But finding somebody who will be there when they're using, not, not somebody who is also using substances, so that if they do get into trouble, somebody can administer naloxone and call 911. Uh, even ambulance paramedics are often having to uh, provide three, four, five doses of naloxone to bring people around. So that's really, really key. Don't use alone. If there's a supervised consumption site or an overdose prevention site where there are medical professionals available to uh, who are there if you get into trouble, absolutely. Drug testing is going to be really, really important. Using a very small amount of the substance at first is very, very important. And then increasingly, you know, the province has approved uh, prescribing of safe supply, opioid agonist therapy, and um, injectable opioid agonist therapy. Uh, the federal government is supportive, and uh, we are very much hoping that more physicians will be willing to prescribe safe supply in a market where the illicit supply is just incredibly toxic and we've seen so many deaths. So, you know, that is another avenue that will prevent deaths. Yeah, and and I think, uh, you know, you talked about consumption sites. Uh, It's important to note that no deaths have been reported at supervised consumption or drug overdose prevention sites in the province. So uh, clearly those are having an impact in making sure people are staying alive and staying as safe as possible when they are using these substances. So I just wanted to, to... double down on that point as well. Um, in, in 2019, if you look at the numbers over the course of that year, right, things looked like they were headed in the right direction. Now, I don't know if the number of actual overdoses that were occurring were down, but the number of people actually succumbing and losing their lives to an overdose was dropping pretty significantly. And it's con- kind of gotten worse since then. And of course, the pandemic being the biggest factor in all of that, right, that is, seems to be the biggest difference. What what else can we attribute to? You know, you talked about not using alone, and that's obviously a, more of a problem during this pandemic as people are being isolated more, right? We're not supposed to be hanging out with a lot of individuals, so therefore using by yourself is is just more likely to occur. Uh, and also we see this increase in, in the toxicity levels of the street supply. Is there any other factors that are really going into this that are making a significant difference over these past 12 months? So what we saw in 2019 was really the positive impact of harm reduction measures. So increased access to drug testing. And there, as you mentioned, there were overdose prevention sites established and supervised consumption sites, and people were really utilizing those. And we hope that the message around, you know, making sure you use with somebody who can administer naloxone and call 911 was really getting out. Certainly the province dispensed thousands and thousands of doses of naloxone um, much more freely available to anybody who was willing to to get it and, and learn how to use it. So that made a real impact in 2019. But in fact, what it did was reverse overdoses. So people were still suffering overdoses, but there was more opportunity to reverse them. With the impact of COVID and, as you mentioned, the social distancing and the physical isolation, those harm reduction services weren't nearly as available. And so the overdoses weren't reversed. But it isn't really a long-term 
a support for people right. who are using substances. It, it really was just reversing overdoses. It kept them alive, but it didn't relieve suffering. And so what we're looking for now, um, you know, certainly from our death review panels and the, and the, in the investigations that we see in, in, in talking to our colleagues across public health and the, the medical health officers, um, access to safe supply will be critical. So physicians and nurse practitioners providing those who need it with safe uh, opioids um, so that they can stabilize, become healthy, start to look towards um, a potentially um, a substance-free future, and then treatment and recovery services. And those are right now very, very challenging in the province. They're very ad hoc. Uh, there are many private services that are very, very expensive. And what we don't have is an evidence-based system where somebody can go to their family doctor and say, I'm suffering from a problematic substance use. I'm afraid I'm going to die. I need help. And their doctor has, uh, you know, a route to send them. That currently doesn't exist. So we need to build that in the province as well. And just to build on that, I guess, you know, now that we do have more news coming out yesterday in regards to our vaccination efforts here in the province of BC, we're starting to see weather warm up here in Kamloops, right? It's getting to be double digit temperatures on the high level on a daily basis, which, um, you know, is encouraging, I think, in the fact that it'll probably allow more people to be um, out outside and maybe more visible, not that we want people like using in, in public areas, but at the same point in time, does this kind of lead you to hope we might see a, a bit of a reversal of some of this trend, just that we're coming out of this pandemic a little bit more? Like, does this, these announcements, the, the timing of them, the fact that we're going to see people, um, you know, have a shot in the arm, as well as uh, maybe hopefully being able to be more um, with other individuals, as you mentioned, using alone as being a big problem. So hopefully with, with more, more vaccine, more protections in place and, and that warmer weather, I do think makes it more encouraging for people to get together that we will will start to see a bit of a reversal of the numbers we had seen over the past year. Yeah, I, I, you know, people aren't dying outside. So um, for the most part, of, you know, as I mentioned, people are dying at home uh, or in a private residence. But uh, absolutely, as people are able to be more with other people, there is a protective factor. If somebody suffers an overdose and there is somebody there to call 911, they are much more likely to survive. So that is going to be really, really important. Um, and, and hopefully we do see a decrease in the deaths. We absolutely do not want to see these tragic numbers that we've been seeing over the last few years. Uh, but as a province, we also need to have a, a system of support for people um, and something that recognizes that for years we treated this as a, a crime and there was a very robust criminal response. And we, we're, you know, we're starting to shift to now a medical response. And uh, this is a medical issue. And um, how do we treat people in a way that helps them to recover to wellness? So we're not just reversing overdoses. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, Lisa, thank you so much for your time. This is a very important conversation, not always the most fun conversation to have, but really Really an important one to be having. So thank you so much for this time. I really do appreciate it. And I really hope we do start to see things improve as we uh, move towards the summer and get through this vaccine rollout plan and then continue to, to put the, the, the tools in place to help people deal with this. So thanks for the time um, and uh, appreciate this. Thank you, Jeff. <clears throat> Take care. <laughs> There you go. There's Lisa LaPointe, BC's chief corner on some unfortunate numbers that we saw there, of course, in the month of January. 165 fatal overdoses throughout the province of BC and one of those occurring right here in Kamloops.